I know it's a little tight, but it's a good day to call of us to get all of us together at this one service. Sort of a kickoff to our year, and uh, we're ex extremely glad that you're here. I'd like to make a comment for those of you that are visiting with us this morning. Uh, normally, you would have the benefit of a wonderful message from Randy Owens, our pulpit minister. But today, Randy is yielding most of the pulpit uh, to the elders today. Uh, he'll wrap up our, our uh, presentation, our message this morning. But uh, appreciate him yielding the pulpit. In late October, we as your shepherds began a prayerful process of planning financially for 2018. And we wanted to envision how this body of believers could be more effective and unified than ever in 2018. And today what we want to do is to present to you our co-mission. Co-mission. How we share in the mission together in 2018. Now you know that two years ago, we developed a simple mission statement rooted in Scripture that we could focus on, that we could rally around, and that we could share with the community around us. And it is West 7th Church of Christ striving to be completely committed followers of Jesus, discipling, equipping, serving, and loving. And for the next few minutes, we want to frame this statement around our financial goals for 2018, our co-mission. This church, it has a rich history of selfless generosity, and we want that to continue. But we as your shepherds, we know that selfless generosity is really most evident when the mission is well-defined and well-communicated. And when this happens, we can share a greater passion for our work and our giving to God is greater and it has a deeper impact. Now notice I said giving to God. Our giving is not to each other. It's not to the elders. It's not really even to the church. Our giving is to God. Proverbs 3.9 states that we honor God with our wealth and our first fruits. Take a minute, I want you to share this slide with you. We honor God through our giving of the money to this church. And then we as shepherds, we pray for guidance in how we use these funds. And God in turn leads us to match the talents of each member with the opportunities and the responsibilities that we have to take care of our own and to share with others. Now our goal for this church family is to give to God at least $1,008,000 in 2018. Yes, $1,008,000 in 2018. This represents an increase of approximately 7% more than we gave last year. 7%. This goal is not about a budget. This is not a budget presentation this morning. It's about a mission. It's about a mission of discipling, equipping, serving, and loving. And using these headings, we want to share with you some of the specifics of this mission. And while there is over, oh, obvious overlap 
Jerry is going to share with you our discipling efforts as a family. John Simmons will discuss our equipping work. Tom will present how we serve. And I'll finish up with how everything we do in our gifts to God is done in love. Jerry? Morning, church. I'll be talking about discipling and how we disciple through what we do here at West Seventh. God's Word tells us in many places and in many different ways to go and to teach, making disciples of all nations. This command is not only for missions in foreign countries, but also includes domestic and local missions and outreach. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, the ESV version says, My Je And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Also in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? The elders of the Lord's Church here at West Seventh take seriously the charge given to all Christians to disciple the world and to support these efforts. Those works that are supported from your contributions to the Lord's work include the French World Outreach by Barry and Rachel Baggett have been working to take the gospel to the Ivory Coast of Africa and more than 40 countries in the French-speaking world, providing literature and radio programs as well as making trips to plant churches and to edify and train those church leaders. Rachel passed away just a few weeks ago after battling a brain tumor for over a year. But her hope was for everyone to continue walking with the Lord and continuing his work. In Southeast Asia, West Seventh is a sponsoring congregation for Michael and Chris Bowen in their work. They are currently in their fourth year of their five-year commitment to find people of peace and to share the gospel with them. Michael and Chris are due to come home on furlough in the first half of this year. The exact dates will be announced later. In Elaru, India, West Seventh helped sponsor a minister in India whose name is Abraham Lincoln. Most of you will remember when he came to West Seventh just a couple of years ago. This work was started by Bill and Lola Margaret Hall, and Bill helped establish a school of preaching in Elaru where the church also has an orphan's home and a widow's home. Nicaragua Christian School. This is a new mission outreach for 2018, and it is in, located in Leon, Nicaragua. In 2017, 
Nicaragua Christian School had 550 students in pre-K through the 10th grade. 2018 will add the 11th grade and NCS will have their first graduating class. There in Nicaragua, the school is allowed to teach Bible every day to the children that attend the school. The majority of these children would never have the opportunity to attend school and certainly would not have the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Members' short-term missions. Many from West Seventh's own go on short-term mission trips every year. <clears throat> the church helps with some of the costs associated with these missions up to $300 per member. Many of West Seventh's members from high school, college age, and adults go on short-term missions to such places as Argentina, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Peru, and other mission locations to help with such programs as Let's Start Talking, the City of Children, Nicaragua Christian School, Mission Lazarus, and other evangelistic medical and support needs of these ongoing mission works. As far as domestic and local missions, we have, we support Cherokee, North Carolina. This is where Jim and Debbie Sexton work with the church in Cherokee since 2005. Cherokee has a large Native American population and is somewhat secluded in the Smoky Mountains. The Sextons have worked for 12 years to become accepted as part of this community, meeting the spiritual and emotional needs while offering the hope of eternal life by sharing the gospel. In Lexington, Virginia, West Seventh helped sponsor the Lexington, Virginia Church of Christ, and several from West Seventh have traveled there to support them with Vacation Bible School and other mission efforts. Columbia Academy Bible Department. West Seventh helped support the Columbia Academy to provide daily Bible classes to over 950 students, preschool through 12th grade every day. West Seventh is one of approximately 12 local congregations to contribute toward this work. The National Inner City Ministry. This is a ministry that works with inner city children, providing learning centers, teaching skills, uh, teaching life skills centered on biblical concepts. And the National Inner City Ministry serves over 800 children of all ages on a weekly basis, teaching respect for God, for self, family, community, and authority with rolling classrooms and the Conqueror's Teen Program, other programs to reach out to the children of the inner city. The Tennessee Children's Home. Since 1909, the Tennessee Children's Home has been helping restore and strengthen families by spreading the love and teachings of Jesus Christ. Their faith-based environment reaches out to at-risk children and families by emphasizing the virtues of Christian lifestyle. They provide residential care, education, alcohol and drug treatment, counseling and spiritual guidance for the children placed in their care. If you remember this past year, we raised money to help the church in Cumbernauld, Scotland. I want to commend you for your special contribution. Because of your efforts and your special contribution, West Seventh was able to send $30,000 to help them to grow and build a new building. They've outgrown their current facilities. 
The brothers and sisters there in Scotland have purchased the land and are currently working with the architects to make the new building a reality. I want to close by emphasizing a passage that I read to you earlier. That's Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Your contributions to the Lord's work are the answers to the questions in that passage. By providing the necessary support for those who preach, teach, and for those who go throughout the world, starting right here in our local community, making disciples of all nations. Privileged to be with you today. I'd like for you to imagine if you had two minutes to talk with Paul to have him tell you, tell us the who, the when, and the why of how the church works. I believe he would explain this passage in Ephesians 4 to us. Let's listen to these words. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we're no longer children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up. We are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fit and held together, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causing the growth of the, of the body for the building up of itself in love. <clears throat> Similarly, in Hebrews, we're told to equip ourselves in every good thing to do His will, to be pleasing to Christ and to bring glory to Him forever and ever. Now, teaching alone is not equipping. It's a starting point. To equip, one needs to be taught, but also motivated and challenged to use the tools with further instructions on how to use them. And then find an application to use that training and tools to build and make something. Our ministers don't just teach and preach. They and others equip. And we are indebted to those who do that work and to their spouses and friends and family who help and encourage them. Randy's role is very obvious. His lessons and his study guides teach God's Word simply and show us what Christianity and practice should look like. Barry and Tina, what a blessing to have them work with our families, not only in our congregation, but others. 
Their work is confidential. We don't ask who they're working with, and they don't tell. But we asked for a generic report, numerical report recently, and that report was astonishing. For those couples that they've worked with where there was an affair involved, working with Barry and Tina, those that did were half as likely to end that marriage in divorce. And those marriages that did not were not complicated by an affair were 10 times less likely to divorce. Now how much is that worth? To keep a family intact and help it be better. Think about that and decide how much you want to invest in that effort. But know this, this church is committed to serving and preserving our families and winning the war for our homes. We are, know that. Alex and Katie, they brought this Hispanic ministry to a new level and their exemplary lives and the love that they have for our Hispanic mem members is here, both here and in this area is evidenced by re recent joint services with our, our, our members in Barry's Chapel and uh, Lewisburg Hispanic groups. Recently over 100 met in our teen center and uh, it was encouraging. You would have been encouraged just to be there even if you didn't know any Spanish. Alex and Katie are very devoted to the benevolent needs of our Hispanic members who live in a different culture from their home of origins and help them to navigate the difficult road many of them have to walk. Now, Tucker, and congratulations, Tucker. <laughs> Were you sweating? <laughs> You know, we've all been there. Tucker has been a blessing in his teaching our people the truth, developing relationships, and equipping them to face life. He's working well with the deacons and the parents deeply involved in this ministry. But parents, hear this. The best youth minister your children will ever have is you. Is you. But you need a Tucker, too. Haley, and also Sharon needs to be mentioned here. After word, years of planning and construction and team building, Haley and Sharon have our innovative children's Bible school ministry in a place to be incredibly productive, uh, an outreach ministry to reach our neighborhood, to find children who are unchurched and teach them the story of Jesus. The recent uh, trunk or treat and the parents' night out were successful and establishing new contacts that will surely bring fruit in God's time. It cost us more than was contributed to build this, uh, this place to, to, for this ministry. But think, to have a child, our own, or particularly someone else's, who needs to know Jesus, and to show that child the love of a Christian family, and to learn of the Savior. The question is not what did it cost, but again, what is it worth? Our staff operates the nerve center of this congregation. It helps us stay connected and know what's going on. Their help with financial reports has helped us greatly to steward the funds that has been entrusted to us as we have had to make decisions to redirect our expenditures and supports. Particularly during the past few years, we have not made our budget and have expended some of our reserve. 
Our staff members who manage our building and facilities keep this resource for our congregation and for our community as a whole ready for the wide variety of activities that take place here. But with all that said, most of our work depends on volunteers like you, help, willing to help. Many are teachers and helpers in our classrooms and other teaching and training opportunities. These people need to be equipped to do their work and have the space and resources to do it. Their work is critical in the equipping process. Our deacons do vital work to ensure the smooth and orderly operation of this congregation. Others head up ministries that are also important to the working of the body. These people need to be equipped and when with what they need to do their work. And we need to all understand what they do, appreciate their work, and support them not only financially, but with our time and talents. And the elders, our role is to see that this equipping is happening by shepherding the flock, feeding it, and protecting it. And this eldership is committed to growing a healthy body of Christ here with each member participating and doing their part to build up this body. There was a sign on a reception desk in a business that read, we're here to serve you, not to just make money. But we need money to continue to serve you. This was a secular business sign, but there's an application to West 7th, for we're in the greatest business there ever was, to be God's people, to reach the world for him, to be that salt, the light, and leaven in an increasingly secular world. We are a special people, a royal priesthood, entrusted to do the work that has eternal consequences for each of us and for those we reach. But remember, there are also eternal consequences for those we do not reach for our lack of resources. We're not here to build big surpluses, but to use the monies you entrust to us to continue to support the equipping of the saints so that this body can continue to grow spiritually and numerically. We're not here today just to ask for more money, but we are here to ask you to give yourselves first, as the Macedonians did, and see opportunities not only to give, but also to serve. Paul wrote to a divided, affluent, self-indulgent church in Corinth using their poor brethren to the north in Macedonia as an example. We'll read in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participating in the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Jesus taught us where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Today we're simply asking for your heart. Your heart. 
your heart to embrace the mission of this church and give accordingly. If you truly commit that, your heart, we know the rest, your time, your talent, and your funds needed to support this mission will follow. But be sure that God will provide for you, for your family, and your, and your gifts as they bless you will bless others. If we plant and water, God in His time will give the increase. Good morning. My discussion will be serving. Service to others, or as the Bible defines it, good works. In fact, good works is mentioned 51 times in the Bible. The vast majority of these times is in the New Testament. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here Paul tells us our purpose in life. The reason we were created is to do good works. Paul further tells us in Titus 2.14 that Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. So the purpose of the life of our Savior and the purpose of his death was to redeem a people who were anxious to do good things for others. Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The purpose of our lives is to do good works. The purpose of our Savior was to redeem a people to do good works. And all of this is to glorify our Father. There are so many good works that are being performed by West Seventh members each and every day. We meet the needs of many of our members who occasionally need assistance, as we are taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We provide meals for families when the family cook is sick or has had surgery. We also provide meals when members must bury their loved ones. We meet the needs of those of our community by providing food from our pantry on the first and third Thursday of each month. We also provide food, gas, lodging, payment of utility bills for deserving persons. And because of this, we have the opportunity to teach them and meet their more important spiritual needs. There have been some who attend West 7th simply because of these efforts. Many of you participate in the winter harvest each year to make that season brighter for many young people who otherwise would have little to celebrate. Many are involved in the service station, work that was fostered by Mike Forstoff. We saw also attempt to meet the needs of our Hispanic brothers and sisters. In these next slides, you will see fruits from the efforts of having a health fair for our Hispanic brothers and sisters. We have many who help with disaster relief 
and healing hands. We provide our building for many users and many uses, including dinners for the E.A. Cox and the Christmas Gala, trunk or treat, and parents' night out. All of these are very effective ways to serve each, serve and reach others, just as our young people participate in Mission Mule Town. We take communion to nursing homes and leave, have worship services at the bridge in popular estates. And many are involved in other good works every day, not asking for recognition, but just giving the glory to their God. Our purpose in performing good works is not to save ourselves. Our Savior has already done that. Our purpose in performing good works is to glorify our God by performing the very mission he gave to his only son. We can manage our spending to equate to the funds which we receive. But so many more good works can be accomplished as we meet and exceed our goals. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And Titus 3.1 reminds us to be ready for every good work. In Hebrews 10.24, and let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. But the most meaningful part of all of this is that our performance of good works is God's indescribable gift to us. Listen as Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God, while through the proof of this ministry. They glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank you, brothers. Just for the sake of those maybe visiting with us, members know it, but there are six other elders, six other shepherds that uh, we have that are not a part of this presentation. Um, we want to commend to you, though, strong unity. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a shepherding group 
that has such unity in a message like this today. We all share that with you. Four of us, we just picked the best looking ones to present. <laughs> so discipling, equipping, serving, and loving. Mine's the easy one. The scripture states over and over again, love is the generator of action. Love moves us to disciple, to equip, to serve. Love saves souls. Love physically serves others. It relieves burdens and causes others to take notice. Love builds relationships that sustain us in both good and difficult times. Love bridges the generations, helping us appreciate the past, but it also encourages us for the future. When love is present, when love is present, we are closer to Jesus. We are less distracted by the world, and our assurance of heaven is deeply felt. Now, while our million and eight thousand dollar mission has been the number that we want to focus on this morning, we want you to have more detailed information on how we will utilize your gifts to God this year. And and Dion and Bo in the back, but Dion's going to be over here before we leave to lay out uh, uh, the form that has much much more detail to it related to our the way we want to use your gifts to God this year. When you take a moment to look at those numbers, if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to share those questions with, with an elder. In the past, a short budget presentation in January and a couple of numbers in the bulletin each month is all that's really been uh, the only information that we've shared about our giving through a year. And we want to communicate with you more often. So this year, we are beginning of each quarter, at the beginning of each quarter, one of us as shepherds will update you at the end of a worship over our status and give a status on our progress in accomplishing our mission. And there's one other number that I want to share again with you that I mentioned earlier. Our million and eight thousand dollar mission is approximately seven percent, seven percent more than we gave in 2017. Our prayer is that you share in this expanded mission to honor our God with our first fruits to disciple, equip, serve, and love. Randy. Good morning. I have great respect for our elders especially the good-looking ones. <laughs> Say three out of four isn't bad. <laughs> Look at y'all, y'all were kind of thinking, who is that, who, who was that? This mission works two ways. First, it has to be personal. It's you following Jesus. It's you following Jesus. It's you discipling. It's you equipping. It's you serving. It's you loving. But it's also collective. The mission is collective, the co-mission. When we 
pool our resources together, our time, our energy, our talents, and our money, the good that God can accomplish through his people. The goal today is to help communicate how each of us, in our giving, live this mission, co-mission, teammates, family, partners. You know, when you put a ship into service, it is commissioned. No one is out of commission. The elders selected to share this today because one, it's the first Sunday of the year, and so the timing is right. But also today, we resume our home Bible studies. And so uh, this afternoon and tonight, there will be groups meeting to study these scriptures in small group settings. And that is, helps us to learn and to really make this apply to our life. And we want to talk about how this happens and the blessings that come when we pool our resources together and how God works in that. The study guide is in all the bulletins. If you didn't grab one on your way in, you can get one on the way out. It was also in the email that went out Friday. We also know, and this is kind of a little bit of a hiccup in that, that some of our home Bible study groups only meet on the third Sundays of the week. So if you're in a group that meets on the third Sunday of the week, of the month, I'm sorry, uh, I want to encourage you to come and join the group at the building. Um, now, what we've been doing is meeting in the chapel with our group, and we fit in there. It's snug, but we fit. But knowing there's going to be more because of your group not meeting and you want to be with us, we're going to meet here in the auditorium at 6 o'clock. So, again, if you're not part of a group that's meeting, you can come here at the building at 6. Um, and then what we'll do is with our group that meets here, we're going to divide that up in a couple of three groups for our study time together because we want you to be a part of this. But as we studied last week, it all starts with you following Jesus. You following Jesus. If you go back and you read the Gospels, that's how Jesus started his ministry. He would go up to one and say, follow me. Follow me. And he never left that. And so we continue his call. We continue to extend his invitation for you to follow him. That's our mission. And that's our invitation. We're going to sing this song that we all know and love and give you an opportunity to confess that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. For you to follow his command to be baptized. To let him give you his spirit. His promise to never leave you. If that is your need this morning, we want you to say yes to that and come forward as we sing this song. Or if we can pray for you in any way, Whatever your struggle is, we've got a bunch of elders up here and would love to pray for you. Let's stand and sing.